Hello there, and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. Marco Sparks, am I? And today we're here to talk about S2E18, A Kiss Before Lying, 18th episode of Season 2 of Pretty Little Liars. As you said, it's a play on A Kiss Before Dying, only with lying. Only with lying. Nobody dies in this episode, unfortunately. And I think we're both thinking of Maya when you think about who could die. Fucking Maya. Fucking Maya. Anyway, we open. The liars, Sans Hannah, are mm-hmm. crowded around Caleb, watching his uh, his latest like recovery job. He's brought over his laptop. Arya Spencer and Emily are crowding around. He's still working on, on the videos that he recovered from Ace phone. Mm-hmm. And all the liars are kind of making requests, like turn up the audio, make it full screen, make your computer a little brighter. And they're, they're literally like on top of him, practically like leaning over the computer. And <laughs> Caleb's just kind of like, uh, hey, you want to give me a little fucking space? <laughs> like yeah. Spencer says, we're not even standing that close to you. As she's, As she's like shoulder to shoulder. She's, she's literally touching him. Yeah, yeah. That's how close she is. <laughs> and he's just like, well, then how come I can tell you had a cheeseburger for lunch? Yeah, and so, it's awesome. Spencer's so, reaction is like this, like demure, like she just backs away. It's it's awesome. I really uh, wanted her to like, kind of like raise her hand and do the whole, you know, like breath check thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. On one hand, it's like I fought away this opening as this like kind of cute thing of just like Caleb, lol, bitches be crazy. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Caleb really defies the role that all other men occupy in Rosewood. I'd say he's acting fairly like a teenager in this scene where like but he he's i don't know how to explain it. like all the other men in rosewood whether they be old men lusting after young women or like young teenager bros who are just fucking creepy and weird it's like all the other men are basically to kind of switch gender roles they're all pussies well i think if you imagine back when you were in high school the idea of hanging out with like three super hot chicks would right. sound like a good thing. But then you get there, and they're like this weird unit against you and just ordering you around. You'd probably start to feel kind of uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the thing about Caleb is that there is a certain, quote-unquote, masculine energy to him. But what I like about him is that he's also kind of uh, demasculized. He's just a person. Like, I mean, like, he's he's so, I don't know, divorced from all that stuff. The stuff with, like, Hannah and the wedding and Kate, and he's I don't the, explain it. He's like the only good man in all of Rosewood. He really is the only and, good man and, in and all of And even then, he, you know, he did like betray Hannah once before, so he's not that good. Yeah, exactly, but he's not like, you know, like like grabbing his junk and squeezing and remind himself of who he is before each thing. It's, it's so interesting. I, I think the other three liars are kind of thrown. He's not like all the other men in Rosewood at all. Well, that's probably what makes him comfortable, like, crowding the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and kudos to you, Hannah, because a good man is hard to find, and apparently you've lassoed one. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, so Caleb is typing, 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 decoding all this video, zooming in and shit. Uh, and as this happens, uh, Hannah calls, calls Emily. Emily, you know, hits the ignore button. And seconds later, Arya's phone rings. It's Hannah. She hits the ignore button. Then Caleb gets the call. Then Caleb. And Caleb has to hit the ignore. And then finally, lastly, Spencer gets a call. And she's like, well, I guess I see where I rank here. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to re- I need to really take notes when I write my Amazon Kindle Worlds thing. Mm-hmm. That This is where Hannah's world 
like subsists. Like Emily, then Arya, then Caleb, her boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. then Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Spencer being the last person on the the low man on the totem pole, as she as she aptly Spencer wise uh, deems it. Well, she's like, I can't take this, you know. So she she answers the call. Unfortunately. Hannah wants to hang out because obviously her other top three people aren't taking her mm-hmm. calls. Hannah wants um, to watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, I love that Hannah, she's aptly described what uh, Spencer watches, which is artsy foreign movies where all they do is stare out at windows. Stare at windows. I think stare out windows would be... That That sounds like the, the type of movie she's describing. No, but I love that Hannah is so Hannah that, that she... The way she views Spencer's movie is that they stare at windows. <laughs> Like Hannah doesn't even like, grasp. Maybe they're staring out the windows, which just makes me really like die. And they're like, "What does like Spencer's like Amazon wish list look like?" You to know? be fair, that that is most foreign movies. It's just people people staring at windows. And then to be fair, foreign movies. If you change the lighting lighting slightly, you have a porno. Um, so something breaks in Spencer's kitchen, and while Hannah or while Spencer's on the phone with with Hannah, Arya screams out. Emily, super loud. Emily's lesbian ass knocks something over with like her giant exactly. hands. Yeah, makes it super obvious, and so Hannah realizes that she's being basically shut out by her friends. Dispenses mm-hmm. lied and said she has to spend time with her family, and so Hannah's like, "Well, say hi to your family for me, bitch." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they zoom in there on uh, one of the videos that kept working on, and clarify that a driver's license picture. It's one of the things that fell out of Allison's box. The box in the previous episode where Garrett was like, that's weird. Well, and what happened is uh, there's the that's weird moment, and then Ian revealed that he was filming things, and they kind of like got in a little stupid shoving match, like a bro shoving match. And so the camera fell on the ground along with the contents of the box, and so now the the camera is kind of just like looking at the carpet in front of it, and there's this ID card on the floor. Right. Um, let's drive a picture. Uh, and so it's somebody, they, they, someone dark haired. It's, it's either Melissa or Jenna, but it's not Melissa or Jenna. Yeah, it's somebody dark haired. They're like, is it Melissa? Is it Jenna? And then Caleb's just like, zoom, enhance, enhance. Yeah. And it's Allie. With dark hair. Oh, shit. Allie with a big full head of dark hair. And so then the, the quote from the girls is, but Allie already had a fake ID. And the other girl's like, well, it definitely wasn't this one. And so you can't make out too much other than this picture of Allison of dark hair, but you can make out just a start of a name, which is V-I-V, like Viv. Mm-hmm. So after the titles, Emily leaves to go hang out with Maya. Spencer wants Arya to stay because, as of course, Spencer's completely alone now. Like She doesn't have her, her Toby anymore. Right. Um, but Arya is going to peace out. She's going to go hang out with Holden. Um, Holden. And she lies up a storm here, first in saying that, like, it's like, no, this isn't anything serious with Holden, but, you know, they're having fun hanging out. And they become friends, yeah. And no, she hasn't talked to Ezra at all, even though she clearly has. Which is interesting, because why is Arya lying about the suspenser? Like, why would she lie to the other three girls at all? Well, it's just the the deal she makes with Ezra that always eventually gets broken is that she won't, you know, tell anyone. It'll just be their secret. Like, this is how it started with Ezra, too, where she didn't tell them for, like, 11 episodes. Yeah, true, true. Which you know because of video editing? 
on from recapping the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Arya's been lying to her friends about her and Ezra like hooking up in the rain in the previous episode. When again, the rain is their sweet spot. And so um, Spencer says to one point, she's like, I, you know, they're kind of like mutually bonding over their breakups because Arya's narrative here is that Ezra never showed up that night. That mm-hmm. Arya stayed under the rain under the clock. And Spencer's like, well, I don't know how you're holding it together. Well, this is, Arya, this is, well, at, I, let me set that up. Spencer sure. says that she drove Toby's truck back to his parents' house and sat it oh, in for, and sat in it, the truck for a while and listened to the radio. And then Spencer just starts crying and yeah. Arya's comforter. And Spencer, she's crying, says, I don't know how you're holding it together. And Arya says, believe me, I'm not as put together as I seem to be. <laughs> well, what makes that lie so beautiful is that Arya hugs Spencer. So she doesn't have to look her in the eye. Mm-hmm. She only has to look us, the audience, in the eye. At some point, I want to do a separate supercut of just all the times that Arya has said something that makes her sound like she's possibly insane. Like, believe me, I'm not as put together as I seem to be. <laughs> yeah, she is just the most adorable, adorable, shortest, like, sociopath you've ever known. Mm-hmm. And so, um, she mentions Comet to, because Spencer's really concerned about the fact that she's lying to Hannah. Because despite how intellectual and smart and well to put together and just on point Spencer is, she's actually a human being. She will, in the future, spoiler, fall apart because she has actual human being emotions, which fortunately Arya, who's only four feet tall, is not burdened with. But so Arya mentions that there are certain point situations where you just have to lie to your friends, <laughs> even if you hate doing it. So literally, literally, moments later, she's hanging out with Ezra. I just like that I have written down, like, because Spencer's like, did I did I push all of you guys into lying to Hannah? And I wrote down, Arya says no, because she's a fucking liar too. Yeah, yeah. She's hanging out with Ezra, possibly feeling a pang of what the humans might call, quote-unquote, guilt. Mm-hmm. Talking about how she hates having to lie to her friends, and he, she says it's not her friends she doesn't trust; it's other people uh, because they've been burned for. I always like it when the the prospect of A is brought up with other people because then they can never really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this this nebulous uh, other people who are not my friends. You know, if well, they knew if they knew about Arya and Ezra, bad things would happen. In general, because the thing about Ezra is that he's a fucking dummy. <laughs> I am confounded by Ezra sometimes because Arya has basically said that she's been burned by lying to people. And, and he's like, like eh. yeah. So they start talking about their relationship, quote unquote. And he's like, well, I thought that you said that your mom was warming to the idea of us being a couple, which again, you fucking moron. Maybe a tiny amount, Arya says, but uh, definitely not her father. And then, then there's just some bad entendres about like, her dad is a glacier, and that just means they need to generate more heat, and it's pretty gross. Well, she, yeah, he's, this is in a car. Ezra is driving. So Arya decides this is the moment when she needs the most attention ever. So she's like, leans over and starts like kissing him, which, Arya, not safe. Well, you know, it's funny you, you point that out, because I actually wrote down on my notes, uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job of keeping his eyes on the road. Oh yeah, yeah. More so than Ezra. most movies. This is this is something that's like I notice this in movies. Every time there's a scene in a movie and someone's in a car and they keep mm-hmm. looking over, 
like it just like it raises my blood pressure like that's one of those things i always notice in a movie and i always feel like at any moment somebody's gonna get like you know sideswiped or like you know head on collision yeah because I, I hate when they do that in movies and TV shows. I'm like, keep your eyes on the fucking road. Um, so I was watching that, and he does a pretty good job of like, he's kind of like kissing her, but like kind of still looking over. At it's the same a time. nice uh, dichotomy that he is watching the road. Ezra is an adult with a driver's license. I want to almost say that Arya and Hannah are the only two liars who don't have cars and or driver's licenses. Does Arya not obviously, have a car? obviously, Arya drives to the bar in the pilot where she meets Ezra. Hence, the show begins. I think there's like a like a communal car that Arya and Mikey like both drive sometimes or something like that. Well, it's yeah. like she she communally like drives him up things, mm-hmm. but it kind of falls away. It's like the, the parents' car, probably though. Yeah, I don't know that Hannah has a car. Obviously, Emily won a car in a contest. Yeah, how Spencer. Do you, how do you think Hannah has a car. Spencer has a car because she's just fucking Spencer Hastings. Oh, their family's family super rich. Spencer probably has like five cars. <laughs> she has like an SUV or something. Spencer probably has a car that she could just like leave on the street and throw the keys to a homeless person. She can go home. There's another car waiting for her. Um, you mean Toby? Exactly. Uh, when she's not crying in front of his house, this is the radio. Anyway, so later, Byron is the one picking up Arya and Holden, uh, presumably in Philly. Mm-hmm. And so Byron, uh, he's in the car, and the two of them are in the car. And so he's like, well, how was the movie? And they were like, well, it was great or good or whatever. And they keep bobbing their heads affirmatively in this way that basically says, hello, <laughs> we are overcommitting to this lie. Yeah, so Byron gets out to uh, get some money from the ATM, which... I guess that's something people need to do. Uh, yeah. And so I like how then <laughs> Arya, once he's gone, Arya apologizes to uh, Holden because she was late, apparently. And uh, I was making Holden sweat there. And so then they, they had to go over the details of what they had for dinner. Uh, and Arya wants to get like the sides and everything because she knows that her dad is that he's going to ask because he's on a, a low cholesterol diet that Ella put him on. So he's he's living vicariously through other people's like, you know, diet choices. Two things, because... Uh, we are fascinated through the time travel mystery network about the way storytelling happens. That one thing, this is kind of interesting in the way that they, Arya's, like the previous episode, Holden was late and he shows up and he has that great lie. Mm-hmm. Where he kind of sweeps Arya into it. The From a storytelling perspective, you have no idea prior to this scene beginning that Arya was late. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. They kind of, they kind of sweep you into that. But they're kind of almost, it's like for half a second, you want to say that Ari and Holden have chemistry, even though, I mean, let's face it, we all hate <laughs> Holden. But like, they're kind of reliving this alternate universe fake date by talking about what were the sides? What do we have? Garlic bread? Ooh. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and then Arya's like, you know, cause they, Holden's like, well, we got to do this tomorrow night too. And she's like, you know, that would be like our third date in a week. Like, I don't know exactly what people are going to think about this, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it's interesting, too, because I wanted to talk about the, the last episode is that how often when you were in high school, did your parents pick you up from shit? Especially uh, late at night. Man. I don't know. It's I had I was uh, the youngest of three, so maybe it's a little right. different for me. But it was pulling motherfucking teeth to ever get get picked up. From exactly. Anywhere. My parents were like, "I've got fucking jobs." 
It was you're always like eleven o'clock at night. No, your friend's parents will give you a ride. If 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 I could like get a ride to school, that was like it's like well today is a good day, you know. Oh, I see. T- like ninth grade, tenth grade, I got rides to school. Eleventh mm-hmm. grade on, it, it's only like you know nineteen blocks, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, I did a lot of the. Uh, you do the move where you call your parents, collect from a payphone, and then just say like, you know, like I'm at like the pizza place, pick me up when they ask, they say to say your name. My parents, yeah, exactly. They Who hated do you want that. To tell this call is coming from. Yeah. I'm at the pizza place, pick me up. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my parents fucking hated it every time I did that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which I can see why now, because that's that's super annoying. Well, I mean, as if I was ever to be a parent, I I'm not gonna go drive to Philadelphia. And like ask these kids how their date was on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, so yeah, Ari is just like you know, hey, Holden, this is like our third fake date in a week. What are people gonna think? And Holden, who's got this kind of mischievous, mysterious, like maybe he's gay vibe, is just like, hey, let them talk. Which who is talking about this? <laughs> the whole school. Arya's parents and Holden's parents, really. Um, so sure enough, Byron gets back in and immediately asks him what they had for dinner. Right. And Ari's just like, ha ha ha, I know my dad so well. Yeah, yeah. She's like, ooh, 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 Um, so, my next item in my notes is just, uh, there's a scene of Hannah, it's primarily a Hannah scene, but basically, Ari's outfit at the lunchroom. Can you explain this to me? I cannot. It's like a, it's a cross between like, uh, Shit, it's like, it's like a, a it's like a poncho shawl that like yeah. Eastwood would wear in like the No Man of No Name trilogy mm-hmm. mix of something like something like Eastern European refugee would wear. Or this is a great episode for like WTF Arya's fashion. <laughs> Arya's just like your spurs, and then she shoots someone. <laughs> if she could wear a cowboy hat on top of this, I would sploosh. Two kinds of men in this world, Spencer. Those exactly. with loaded guns and those who dig. You know what you are, uh, Emily? A son of a bitch! So later on, there are another date in between uh, Arya and Holden. It's like, at like an arcade or something. An arcade. So high school. I mean, maybe this is like a like a uh, Dave and Buster's or I don't know, something well, like that. Again, her parents need to fucking put their foot down and draw the line. Why are we driving you to an arcade in Philadelphia? This is bullshit. <laughs> They're like, like I, I feel like she could just always say, like, well, you know, I, I could be uh, slinking around the like the teaching uh, lounge after school. So, what do you want? Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I've got a taste for old cock. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to apologize in advance to it listeners of this episode because it's going to get weird okay um so uh yeah they're at an arcade basically Ari and holden are kind of feeling each other out because both of their plans whatever their mysterious plans have gotten canceled well they're doing the thing where they're like all right we'll have a good time yeah you too they're both just like staring at each other yeah yeah. oh so your plans got canceled too yeah yeah Yeah, you're not moving why aren't you moving and so she's like I've got like a giant, you know, I'm a lady. I've got like a giant purse full of like uh, magazines. I'm just going to chill at this arcade and read magazines. And he's like, oh, you too? My plans got canceled as well. So he suggests getting a pizza. And she's like, eh. And he's just like, oh, we no. can get 
you can get half plain and half. Hold, hold on. I'm sorry. There, there's two things. I I don't I don't want to be rude here. Yeah. First of all, Arya's outfit. Okay. I mean, it's like this, like kind of like uh, sparkly, glittery cocktail dress thing, but it's just a shirt. She's got like a leopard print belt. It's an Aria outfit. It's a such a it's such a fucking Aria outfit. We really need to get a lady on this podcast. I know it's called Bros Watch Pillow too, but like, mm-hmm. I really want like like a five minute segment where a woman chimes in and tells us like what the deal is with an Aria's outfit and like like the female perspective. Um, so the the, the then the, they're gonna s- Holden suggests let's split a large a large pizza, which I just want to say. That's a lot of food for these two petite people. Yeah, that is a lot of food. I mean, Arya looks like she could probably maybe put away like two pieces if she was really binging. Holden, maybe because he's a man, three pieces. Mm-hmm. That's not a large piece of me. But but Holden suggests he'll he'll get a half plain, Which half cheese, half green peppers, her favorite. Which first of all, half plain, which I think is cheese. I pizza. think it's cheese. Yeah. Which ew. And half green peppers. That's Arya's favorite. That's something a psychopath would eat. Exactly. That's that's why when she couldn't go to uh, Caleb's surprise birthday party, mysteriously, all the pizzas showed up with nothing but green peppers on them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Arya's A. Get Arya's on that, people. Yeah. Um, and so Arya's still like, eh, I feel like I'd rather sit here and read magazines and kill time with you. Yeah, and Holden's like, like, which is pretty insulting. But Holden like yeah. plays it off, and he's like, "Oh well, you know, I I used to be, used to be pretty good at air hockey. Maybe you're not so good anymore." And so then she's like, "Oh well, it's on now because I have to like defend my air hockey crown." Um, Arya is basically like, "I will eat your cock at this game." At this game, that's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Ezra is at a faculty party. Ezra's at a faculty meeting. A this dude, faculty party is LOL. This dude, who I assume is like the dean. Uh, who knows? He's talking to Ezra, and he's just like, ah, it's just a bunch of old farts discussing dead authors, you know? He says that to Ezra after Ezra says, it's an honor to be here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to say that like, the, all the Hollis College shit is like this like unnecessary prequel, like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? And it's just, it's so many LOLs. Yeah. Um, the so guy, the, this yeah. dude who I'm just going to call the dean, he says he's going to recommend Ezra for an associate dean position at the Hollis Satellite School. Uh, and even I was like, I don't believe that because Ezra's worked there for maybe, maybe six weeks. Yeah. And he's like, and it, you know, it's in New Orleans, so uh, you'll need to be there by the first of the month. And Ezra's like, hmm, that's <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> this is a pretty pretty queer way to break something, like break the news of somebody. Yeah, and yeah. so Ezra's like, "Well, you know, I'd, I'd need a few days to think about this." And the guy, and the dean's just like, "Yeah, well, you know, you weren't even on the short list for this, but Byron Montgomery, he's the he's the reason you're even being considered. He recommended you." And then Ezra's like, "Oh, right." Cut cut across the room, and by across the room, I really mean ten feet away. Where Byron is talking to some guy, and it's like he's like he's got a glass of scotch, and he raises it like in this kind of like, oh yeah, fuck you, gesture to, to Ezra, big old shit eating grin on his face, like cheers to yeah. you, motherfucker. I'm gonna get and, you promoted and shipped off to New Orleans. 
there's this weird thing too because again as i understand it this episode would theoretically take place in 2010 uh it is probably 2011 by now okay so ezra mentioned to the dean guy that i oh i assume the ascension program was going to take place in philadelphia and the guy's like no new orleans as a part of the program to quote unquote revitalize the city they might still have stuff going on there for that maybe um i i just gonna say topical mm-hmm. timely um, so Ezra gulps his scotch. He looks over at Byron, and Byron is drinking his scotch in this way, this fashion that I can only describe as if he's blowing a kiss at Ezra. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, he's tonguing the scotch. And so they're going to set up this dilemma now, where like, well, should Ezra take the job and move? But I don't. It doesn't seem like Ezra would want an associate's dean job. I don't know. Like, what does that mean exactly? It's like administrative. Like it seems to me like Ezra would want a job where he could do more writing. An associate right. dean job is just like like administrative bullshit. Like Well who who gets uh, Ezra's job in general? Let's talk about college. A literature professor you know, a writing professor would be much more likely to have time to write on the side than like an associate. Well let's dean. talk about who gets Ezra's job in general. Typically mm-hmm. the guys who get Ezra's job are the guys who they wrote a novel it sold shit. And they and, have uh, and, and they have masters or graduate or, uh, PhDs in in like writing or something, and yeah. or like DFWs or like Franzens. This would be like you went to undergrad, you know, your graduate creative writing student. You've had some shit published, maybe it didn't take off. You went back and right. got your PhD, and then got like a you know an associate professorship or something like that. Right, right. This, but I mean, Hollis, I'm using air quotes here. Mm-hmm. Hollis College sounds like the kind of bullshit made up college where DFW and or Franzen teaches a class. <laughs> they both <twice> teach. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I know you don't listen to the podcast, but Peanut St. Cosmo, I'm calling you out. We just name checked DFW and Franzen. Just Commence be- these sizzler references and the, the finger blasting. Just, um, just picture a, a scene where Arya is in a, a Franzen's class. Exactly, exactly. How, how would also, that go down? To anyone who listens to this podcast, and we've discovered that beyond JJ, you know, last week's episode, we discovered that somebody else listens to this podcast. People who are writing Amazon Kindle Worlds like uh, fan fiction, like write some fan fiction where like Byron finally dominates Ezra, because like, that's clearly what's happening here. I don't think uh, they allow that on that uh, Kindle World thing. No, no, they don't. But I mean, again, Byron drinks this Scott. It, it's almost like that scene from Spider-Man Three, where like like a Franco, like just savors the fact that he's fucking over Tobey um, Maguire. All right, well, let's move on from Byron and what, do. what he's doing Please. to his glass of scotch. Uh, yeah. So cut back to Arya and holding at the arcade. Arya is kicking Holden's ass. And uh, celebrating and shit talking and uh, this this move that she makes this this has been a gif on the internet that holy shit you and I have been passing back and forth for months. I mean, I literally had to like post on Facebook the prophecy has come to pass because I did not remember for a moment what episode this is from. <laughs> I literally thought when I first saw this gift months ago, this was like, because the, 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 I only saw the, the waist up. I thought this was like a dance. I thought this was like something mm. like Ari was like, because we've established like via the first secret and before 
that all the liars are terrible dancers. <laughs> Partially because they're white, maybe. But like, I thought this was like one of the dance, like one of the Halloween episodes. And like, Ari's a shitty dancer. But like, no, this is this moment. This is the episode. It's we're finally we've come full circle in a way. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Arya says he he's like uh, trying to downplay the victory, and Arya says, "I'm going to ignore all your hostility right now because I right. know that it comes from a place of shame." Yeah. <laughs> so <Just> burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arya is really like stepping on dicks here. Um. So they they, get, they take a pause because the air hockey game is over. Holden. I don't know how to describe Holden here. Holden's actually kind of cool and all, I, I, I want to say air quotes suave, but he asks some questions about theater bro or whatever. Arya shuts down Holden's questions about Ezra like too sweet. Yeah, she's like, yeah. never mind that. Yeah. So they play more, more air hockey. My notes, my notes are line by line. Then the line here is they play more air hockey. Arya's a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron shows up, and just as he's showing up, like some like server walks by and kind of bumps into Holden, and Holden like winces in pain and like grabs his side. And we see when he like he lifts his shirt to like rub his side for a second, he has this like massive bruise on like well, the side is, of his torso. This is like a hardcore grimace. Yeah, and, and he's lifting his shirt like way too long. He clearly wants Arya to see this. Eh, maybe not, but Arya does see it, and she's like, "What the hell is that?" And he's just like, "Please, just don't, don't ask, don't say anything about it." Well, he's like, "Hey, I play touch football." Yeah, and she's like, "My little brother t- plays touch football. I've never seen shit like that," you know. So he's just like, "Look, uh, we're doing each other's favors here. Uh, don't ask." Yeah, don't say and don't say anything. Yeah. So let's talk about Hannah a little. Yeah, we're gonna jump around a little bit with Hannah, but when so he- uh, we start off with I believe it's breakfast. Um, it's always breakfast. I love that. Like again, season all one right, especially. All right, all right. We know. Yeah, but season one especially, Spencer comes down the stairs. Something new, is terrible happening. It's always starting with like Ashley and Hannah and breakfast. So Ashley's just like, so your friends coming over, and Hannah's like, well, no, I told you, my friends are being annoying, and so Ashley's like. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, but right now, uh, really, it's it's Kate that's on Hannah's mind. Kate's going to ruin her life because she's coming to school the next day. And Ashley's like, well, sorry. You know, and Ashley's like, well, I'm not thrilled to have Isabel around either, but mm-hmm. we're just going to have to deal with it. And she says, if we don't take the high road, we're going to be the ones who end up looking like trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's so interesting, too, because you deal with the, the, the quote-unquote idea of masculinity. Ashley's like, well, I talked to your father, and your father talked to Kate, and he's told Kate that there was going to be some like serious consequences if she, and you know, and like Hannah's just like, spare me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like when you involve like a quote unquote man, like it means nothing to me. Um, so yeah, we're at school the next day. Hannah is very stressed about Kate showing up. She's dealing with the issue of the fact that she knows that when she talked to Spencer in the opening that her friends are shutting her out of something, but really on her plate immediately is Kate. Mm. And so she's, they're in the lunch line uh, getting some food, and Hannah's like looking over her shoulder. Just at any moment, she's going to spot Kate and freak out. Uh, eventually, when they're at the lunch table, Kate does find them. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. Kate's trying to be nice, at least for the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. She's actually very polite in this this scene here. And Spencer is just like, man, like Spencer, she thinks they met before. And Kate's like, oh, yeah, we did at the wedding. And like Spencer's like, hmm, but you know that Spencer's thinking like, no, that's not it. Yeah. Like there's yeah, Spencer. Spencer just, she sniffs something. There's something weird. She knows she's met this chick before somewhere. Uh, and if you haven't been listening to this podcast before, we love Spencer and she's fantastic in this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's, there's some very like awkward intros by Hannah to the other liars up until Spencer. And well, Spencer's like, I know you. <laughs> well, there's a sense of like, they're all thinking like, we don't really want you to sit with us. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 We know you're new here in our, but, but like, you know, go away. And, uh, I, I, again, I just want to say like Amazon Kindle Worlds folks. Take a, a special point to this episode because the the there's like a nebulous idea of like the actual class schedule of these girls, but we find out that uh, Hannah has some kind of science class first period, which is also the class that Kate is in. So Hannah, being this like stepsisterly person, welcome to new school, trying to pl- do right by this chick, is going to take her to her first class, and as she does, she gets a text from A. Yeah, Atex says, call off your techno boy toy, or I tell the cops what your mom keeps in the lasagna box. <laughs> Which, like, is it still there? Like, seriously, Ashley Marin, you, you still keep your money in the lasagna box? Yeah, which I love the the dashes, though, between techno boy toy, which almost mm-hmm. made me think for a minute there that uh, uh, is Hannah dating a robot. Um, so mm-hmm. Hannah's especially freaked out because as the beginning of this thing here, Kate is being freakishly nice to her. Mm-hmm. So the next time Hannah sees the liar, she asks him, like, do you think Caleb still has a video? Um, you know, because you just got this A text. And they're all like, mm, no. You know, they all just lie to her face. Yeah. And- well, I love the, the wording by Spencer, though. Because Spencer's literal sentence is, maybe A just got their wires crossed. Mm-hmm. Well, and Arya says, maybe A is just a step behind. And Hannah's like, when has A ever been a step behind? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Aunt Arya, though, because she's following Spencer, she also throws in the there. Mm-hmm. I love that. But so, yeah. So eventually Hannah confronts Spencer about being shut out of the group because she's trying to protect Caleb. And yeah. And she's like, you know, I used to be a part of your family. Um, but yeah. you know, she, she can tell that she's getting shut out because she's protecting Caleb and, from Hannah's perspective, is she thinks the other liars are all mad at her for uh, destroying that flash drive. She doesn't right. know that they're secretly going behind her back. Yeah, poor Hannah. Yeah. Um, so, so the next day at lunch, Kate is now sitting with the liars, which just must be painful. Well, um, the way they're sitting, too, is that, the f- again, Rosewood High, the lunchroom, because there's the, like, the quad area, as we refer to it, also the lunchroom, the actual lunchroom. And so at the lunchroom, there are rectangular tables and there are circular tables. Mm-hmm. The, this is a circular table where the four liars are sitting like, or I would describe as uncomfortably close together. Mm-hmm. And Kate is basically sitting opposite them at the like, end of the table yeah, by herself. The table. Like, and, and they're asking her questions, but it's almost like they're being like, like she's being interrogated by the girls. And so Kate's talking about how well she'll still be able to go home on the weekends, 
And I like how at the mention of going home on the weekends, Hannah just gives this very like like genuine but also like kind of like evil smile. Like, yes, you will be going away. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, to which Spencer accusing with, "Hey, do you have a main connection?" Yeah, ever go to Maine? Ever go to this one like bay? And Kate's just like, "No, sorry." And then she just screams out, "Debate!" Spencer does. Yeah. Like, are you in debate? And like Kate's just getting freaked out. Uh, and so after Kate leaves, Hannah's just like, "Hey, Spencer, can you think you maybe stop?" And Spencer's yeah. like, "I'm sorry, I can't stop, won't stop." Exactly. Um, Spencer's line, which is, I almost want to say, tattooed on my body, which is, uh, "I know her. I know, I know her. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where I know her from." She'll figure it out. So yeah, she, at she this Spencer. point. Let's talk about Emily, then we can come back to what's up with Spencer and Hannah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we see Mona, or I'm sorry, Emily at one point, and Maya lying in bed together. Yeah, and Emily is telling Maya, her quote-unquote pseudo-girlfriend, that she feels very strange about the swim team, you know, and that, that she's not a part of it, but she's watching them, she's cheering them on. They're, they're in Maya's room, I believe, is where they are. Uh, yeah, lying lying on weird. her bed, very cuddly. Uh, Emily's very frustrated because she can't swim with the team. And Maya just jumps immediately to like fucked up pranks that they can pull on her swim team members, like putting Nair in their shampoo. Yeah, she's not at all what I would call supportive and or helpful. Well, it's like it's not really her team member's fault that she can't swim. It's like the coach and the principal's fault. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then Maya wants to know if Pam still hates her. And Emily's like, well, she she hated the idea of me hating girls. She didn't hate you. And Maya's like, well, I don't I don't buy it, you know. Well, before that, we find out that, that via like a text, Emily gets that her mom is coming to visit her tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so at one point, you know, like my or Emily, because she's trying to be a good girlfriend, she's trying to like tell you know Maya of her concerns that, well, don't worry, my mom is a, a complete different person than she was not before now mm-hmm. you know and i just put in my notes it's been like two months emily no it's been longer than that but i mean still quote unquote it's been completely like completely different person it's been like probably almost six months by now you think so yeah since the last time that uh pam had to sit down at a dinner with maya well not not since that dinner but since since pam found out about emily i'll bet it's been five to six months whatever but still completely different person maybe a bit of a stretch so anyway, um, then Emily and Maya get into what I would describe as some pretty intense making out for two girls yeah. on an ABC Family show. The camera pans away and they scissor. I mean, I mean, yeah, because Maya is like full on like rubbing Emily's thigh, and uh, Shay Mitchell is like devouring uh, Maya's tongue. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Emily's walking to her locker, and there's a note on it, and she course immediately like gets that kind of you know pit in her stomach feeling as she reads a note which says did you miss me um but then it turns out it's just from her mom who's right behind her it's not for me and it's like her mom like left a note with like some cookies or something wait the note is very fascinating because there's like a blank page of the note you push the note aside and this kind of oblique handwriting is written did you miss me you push that aside there's like a cookie attached (laughs) Yeah. And it's almost like you can taste in Shay Mitchell's performance the lack of the dash A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a cookie hanging there. And you hear it's like disembodied voice was like, well, 
did you? And then you look over, and then there's like Pam Fields. Yeah. And, and Pam, they, you know, they're happy to see each other. She, Pam says, Are you getting taller or am I getting shorter? And Emily says, Shorter. Yeah. <laughs> just a weird line. Yeah. Um, so Pam says, Well, like, you know, well, I, Pam caught it early. And so she's just like, Well, let's have dinner at the, the Apple Rose Grill tonight. Why don't you invite the, invite the girls? And, well, and Emily's like, Well, they've got plans. And so Pam's like, it's so weird this exchange. Like, why don't you invite someone special, you know, from your life? Someone new. And Emily's like, sure. Someone new. Sure. By the way, it's fucking Maya. Well, she doesn't say, why don't you? It's like, it's like, is there anyone, you know, like, yeah. like, is there anyone special you'd want to well, invite? And Emily's like, oh, yeah, it's Maya. And it's like frowny face Pam. It's like, really yeah. fucking Maya. We find out that Maya has moved to Radford. She doesn't go to Rosewood anymore. But it, it, wouldn't you say that it's almost hopeful in Pam's delivery? Someone new? Please, God, let there be someone new? No, I wouldn't say so. Okay. I, I, I don't think that that's a, the way that that was intended. I think it was more like, well, if you're not going to bring your friends, is there anyone else maybe? Maybe some, you know, somebody new? Um, yeah. just probably she just you know, knows that, you know, she's not up on her daughter's love life. So true, true, true. Yeah. Um, so later we're at dinner. Well, so Maya, Pam, Pam wants Maya to come, but you can tell she's a little reluctant here. Yeah. Because, because Maya's a bitch. Maya is such a massive bitch in this episode. Maya is a bitch. So later at dinner, Emily and Pam show up at the grill and Maya's already there talking to no con. Talking to Noel Khan, something about like an app on her phone. Oh my God! Noel Khan says he's like he's like following her phone. He's handing the phone back to her. He says something like, "If you have any trouble with the app, just give me a call. I put my digits in there." <laughs> Which let's talk to the ladies and the bros who listen to this podcast. Anytime you are, it's a social thing, it's a dating thing, you're talking about phones, you refer to your phone number as digits, you're an asshole. Or, or you're Noel Khan. Big True. man on canvas. Exactly. Um, so Pam is like, oh, Maya, you look beautiful. And Maya just immediately just makes like the bitch move where she's just like, well, that's what all that clean living will do for you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's so like passive aggressive and backhanded. And, um, Let's get right into the four letter words. She's a cunt to Pam. Yeah, and Pam is like, uh, you know, I'll go get get us a table. And when when Pam comes back to like talk about how like she got us a table, Maya like makes another backhanded compliment about that and how like you know like well, you just I, I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's just like. You know, obviously everybody does what you say or something like that, you know. It's five steps beyond passive aggressive. Yeah. So at one point when, when Pam is trying to be the good mom, she's trying to get the table so the ladies can also don't have a talk. Um, uh, Maya and Emily are left alone and Maya says basically, Emily's just like, what the fuck? No con? What the fuck? And Maya's like, oh, like he's really sweet. And Emily, Shay Mitchell, I just want to congratulate you because Emily says, Without missing a beat, no, he's not. But his smile takes up half his face, so I can exactly. see how you'd be confused. Yeah, it's this great, like, like the the no, he's not is perfect. But well, but the it, line after that is just like gorgeous. Yeah. Well, and this is this is Emily. She's the sweet one. It, it takes a lot to get her to like, you know, unleash the fangs here. But yeah, no yeah. con, no con is on her shit list. 
But I love it. It's her. The no, he's not is so naturalistic. Yeah. Um, so later, they're ha- the three of them are having dinner, and Maya is in the jazz band at her new school, and Pam throws out that she's a big Miles Davis fan. She used to have a poster of Miles Davis on her ceiling at, 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 in college. Yeah, and Maya's like a little thrown by this. And so Maya is going to make this as weird as possible and like with like drug references. Well, she's like, really? You know, and, and, and she's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought that. And Pan's like, well, what kind of music would you think I'd listen to? And Maya's like, oh, you know, something classical, very sophisticated. And then she makes like a pot joke about how like, you know, like jazz is for stoners or something. Tokers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pam is just like, kind of like, it, it's like she's trying here, you know, and she's just like, she's actually what, really trying. What is like, up with this bitch? One, I hated Pam. Mm-hmm. And like, you like, it's like you want to hug Pam just for enduring this fucking dinner. Yeah. Maya's like, so, that's how awful I am. I made you like Pam. Yeah. So Pam, uh, Mike is making like these like drug references, like old jazz musicians. They're known for their toking. Yeah. Well, then, then her phone goes off and yeah. she checks it. And they're all just like watching her as her loud ass phone is ringing, and she's just like, "Oh, it's just my stalker." And then like launches into talking about dating the guy at True North, who like won't stop, you know, texting her. And Emily just looks fucking mortified at this. You yeah, know? she's like, "Oh yeah. my god, can't believe you're telling my mom about that," you know. And then Maya starts eating, and she's making these annoying, like, you know, like, mmm, good, it's so good, you know, noises she's while she eats. She's making full-on, like, orgasm sounds. She, God, Maya's so awful. It's like, it's like the, the stereotype of, like, the worst girlfriend ever type of situation, you know? It's like, right. just doing so, everything she possibly can to, like, make things weird. The orgasm sounds go into commercial. When we cut back to eventually, like, like this dinner, um, Pam is still be trying to be nice, and she's like, well, girls, dessert? And Emily is just like, no, no thanks, because, you know, Emily is ready for this dinner to be over. Mm-hmm. And Maya, being the bitch, is like, well, is there a menu? Yeah. And so Pam's like, all right, well, I'll go find the waiter and get us a check. And as yeah. soon as she leaves, Emily's just like, what the fuck? And yeah. Maya's, like, just plain dumb. And Emily's like, no, no, you're clearly trying to start shit here. Don't act like that you're surprised by any of this, you know? Uh, yeah, you were trying to get a rise out of her, yeah. And out bringing up the, the guy she was dating is just going to confuse her mom. It took Emily like a really long time for her mom to be okay with, you know, her being a lesbian. And, and now that that's just going to like, now you've planted the idea in Pam's head that maybe this isn't a permanent thing or something, you know, like it's like, right. you're, you're not fucking helping. Yeah. And, and Maya and so, keeps trying to make it, this is all like, Oh, this is your hang up about me dating a guy. It's like, no, Maya, no, it's really fucking not. You can't. Yeah. And she's like, was the fact that I was dating a guy confusing for your mom or for you? Mm-hmm. And I want Emily to slap her. Yeah. And so then the, ne- the next day, Emily goes over to Maya's and this, this is her, just this is her house in, in quote-unquote Radford, whatever the fuck that is. It's not Rosewood. It's on the same county, whatever. But we also find out that it's it's daytime, it's daylight, but it's early, though. It's before school would start either time zone okay so emily capitulates here basically and it's yeah. like oh i'm sorry I'd, i have a problem with you dating anyone but me i don't like the idea of more competition and and maya admits that she's still pissed at pam but uh she wants to show emily something so she takes emily up to her room maya's room and she's decorated in all these like blues with some like glowing orbs and shit to make it look like it's underwater 
Yeah, I was really confused by that. Real quick, too. So Emily points out to Maya that, you know, she's it's, it's really stressful to her because Emily's a lesbian. She's not bisexual. She's she's saying, I'm a lesbian. I'm attracted to girls. And it's frustrating to me that, you know, you're basically have come out to me as a, as a bisexual. That's not really what she's saying at all. Well, she's saying to her, she's saying to her basically that I feel like not only am I competing with other girls for you, I'm also potentially now competing with other guys. You know, it's a new thing. I thought we were both lesbians, but you're now saying you're bisexual. No, that, that's and, not that's not the context of what she's saying at all. What, she, what she's saying, saying, what Emily's saying is, I don't like the idea of anyone else dating you but me. And now I just have to think about how there's more competition, like twice as much as before. Well, she's saying literally, like you know, like I thought you were just a lesbian, but now I find you're bisexual. There's men. No, and, I, I think you're you're reading into something that she's not saying there. Well, no, it, it, Emily, literally, she's saying that, and then Maya. No, like, but no, she's not saying that. She's not saying I'm a lesbian, you're a bisexual. She's saying I don't want you to date anyone but me, and now I have to worry about more competition. Right, right, but what she implies, literally, that there's men and women, and Maya's like, well, no, there's no, there's no competition between you, my uh, Emily. You are the only one. So yeah, they go back to Maya's room in this new house, which is presumably where they were several scenes before they had the hardcore makeout. And yeah, like no, that was in Spencer's, I think, wasn't it? No, I think it was not Spencer's room. That was a very. At first, I thought that was like a hotel. I uh, I don't know if that's like Maya's room from a different angle, but yeah, in this particular scene, I don't know quite what Maya Maya said that she started working on this the previous night. I don't quite know what the hell it is, but yeah, it's supposed to imitate water. There's like a blue light. There's mm-hmm. the illusion of bubbles. Mind you, this is like maybe seven a.m. in the morning. Um, and so Maya's thing is that she's trying to imitate water. Her quote is, if the sharks won't let you back into the water, I'll bring the water to you. Mm-hmm. Well, she also throws out this horrible line about how I like to live life in the gray area, which what the fuck does that even mean? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so they kiss, they tell each other that they love each other. And then basically they do it right there on Maya's bed before school. Which, you know, I hate Maya, but regardless of whoever you are on this show, my notes say, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they both tell each other they love each other, which just, I'm disappointed in you, Emily. Maya's awful. Yeah. That was a good good point to break up with her and not go in deeper. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime... <sighs> I don't want to say that you and I are sage wisdom mm-hmm. for this show, but anytime we refer to a character by their new title of fucking Holden or fucking Maya, it's bad. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't buy their new love, their newfound love. Maya lives life in the gray area. Oh, my notes are a little bit scattershot here, as we discussed before, but I want to say a real quick word about Noel Kahn. The uh, story that he's telling his bros uh, at high school, where he's like miming the weird punch. Mm-hmm. Um, Ari has this great line about Noel Khan that he's going through girls in this school like he's going through Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about Spencer. Yeah. So earlier uh, in that scene where they're all getting lunch, Hannah notices that Spencer is wearing a dude's undershirt. She's like, are you yeah. wearing a dude's undershirt? 
and Spencer's like, maybe. And uh, like all the girls have this kind of like disgusted look on their face. Like, like Spencer's like, it's Toby's, you know? <laughs> and like, they all like, Arya in particular, like, she looks like she just like smelled some stank or something. She's just like, Ugh, you know? Well, and we found out too that Spencer has not heard from Toby since Emily dumped him for her. Mm-hmm. And so Spencer says, don't look at me like I'm one of those dogs with wheels for legs. Yeah. And I like how, as she says this, Emily sits down closest to Spencer and kind of has this protective look on her face. Like, she'll be protecting her, do- her doppelganger now from the other liars who are making fun yeah. of her. Yeah. Um, so then we get into full on the Spencer and Kate and the stink eye and have we met before. Mm-hmm. Um, after so Hannah, day- well, after Hannah leaves, uh, Spencer, Emily, and Arya, they're wondering why Allie would need this second fake ID. Like, right. what would she need this for? Uh, and maybe it's for seeing Ian, maybe for a way to fly under A's radar while she's seeing Ian. You know, they're, that's, they're just spitballing right now. Right. But also, what if it's not about staying under A's radar? What if this is literally about a way to get closer to A? Mm-hmm. Well, and this is where they see Noel Khan, uh, telling his story and they're all disgusted because they know he's with Jennifer now and they, they call him A's new eyes. Uh, as yeah. far as they're concerned. So they're still on this idea. It's funny because they're still on the idea that Jenna's A and like maybe now Noel's the helper. Even though the way they talk about A when they're not talking about Jenna, it's like they don't really believe that Jenna's A. She's just the most convenient suspect. Well, it, it, it's fascinating how much of this is, is filtered through Spencer's perspective of who your primary suspect is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, get- Spencer proposes the idea that maybe this idea wasn't to get away from me, but to get closer and an alter ego where she could get close enough to investigate. Right. Which is giving a lot, Allison a lot of credit, I think. Mm-hmm. But so the next day, there's like a lunch scene. It's the same lunch scene where, again, the four liars are all sitting very uncomfortably close together while, uh, poor Kate is like sitting across from them at a circular table, being interrogated by them. I just want a real quick note, no no real purpose at all. Spencer is dressed like a golfer. <laughs> She's got like, this like weird like beret cap thing and like a, a sweat, like an Argyle sweater. Um so Spencer is pretty sure that she's met Kate somewhere before. This is where she screams out, uh debate. This is where she says to the other girls after Kate's left, I know her. I know I know mm-hmm. her. Yeah. I just don't know where I know her from from so then there's the locker room scene of Kate. Yeah, so the next time we see Spencer, she's in the locker room, and it's, we get a, a fun shot here. It's Arya, uh, Hannah, and Spencer all in, like, gym clothes with suspiciously, like, short shorts for gym clothes. This uh, is, to paraphrase myself, oh. I'm, I'm sorry I take this here, mm-hmm. but this is the first time, and this is, uh, what episode, what episode is this? S2E18. It's the episode 18 of season two. This is the first time these girls have looked normal. And I have never found Arya and Hannah more hot than right now. Or Spencer. I don't think normal high school students have these tight of gym shorts. The short and tight of gym shorts. No, nor do you find that all the other girls in the locker room are wearing sports bras conveniently. But, uh, like, R and Hannah are looking, like, fantastically hot. And they're wearing conventional American teenage girl clothing, basically. But, um. Oh, they're wearing gym clothes. Just really also, tight gym clothes. I can't claim to 
to know by just a swoosh of like American um, uh, tennis shoe or sports shoe things. Hannah is wearing pink Converse, which I like Converse, but it's a very flat footing. It's going to be bad for her feet. Aria, I think, is wearing uh, those look like generic New Balance shoes. Yeah, or and or Adidas. I don't know what Spencer's wearing. Adidas? Spencer's, yeah. Um, okay. Quote unquote. I drink all day. I drink about sex. Mm. But uh, Spencer's sitting on a bench. Uh, Hannah and 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 uh, Aria are very close together. They're dressed. They're wearing gym clothes. They're about to exit the locker room. Yeah. So they leave. Yeah. Kate is there. Spencer's tying her shoes and kind of watching Kate struggle with her locker, her gym locker. Kate's not dressed yet, you know. Right. Uh, and so there's just this great moment where Spencer, she's in just full 100% Spencerness right now. She, well, it, she, it's not just that Ari and Hannah have left, but all the other girls slash extras mm-hmm. from the locker room scene have started to vacate. It's just Spencer and Kate. Yeah. And so she she pulls her legs up underneath herself, kind of sitting Indian style on the, the bench, like harnessing her, her Spencer powers here just before she unloads on Kate. And she's like, having trouble? And, you know, Kate's just like, no, I'll, I'll get it eventually. And, and Spencer's like, you know, it's funny. I can well, remember well, every... Oh, are you going to stop on my line here? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can I just give you one line from my from my notes? Mm-hmm. This is how pornos start. Okay, man. Right, go for it. Spencer so says, you know, it's funny. I can remember every locker combination I've ever had going all the way back to middle school. Mm-hmm. And Kate's like, uh, yeah, impressive, but ultimately useless. And Spencer's like, and as she stands up as she says this, like walking over to Kate. And he says, but that's why I knew I'd eventually get it. Uh, Chickamo Horse Ranch, summer 2006. That is where she knew Kate from. <laughs> Melissa was a junior counselor that year. And Kate was uh, an attendee. Mm-hmm. And so and this is a little butt. weird because we don't, we don't really know what the fuck Spencer's talking about. And Kate's just like, all right, well, you win. I'm her. And yes, I'm exactly who you think I am. Mm-hmm. And Kate's like, well, what do you want? Like money? And Spencer's like, no, no, I don't want anything. Walks away. But, but <laughs> Spencer is deliciously evil here. Oh, she's, because she's, she's now facing away from Kate, looking almost dead onto the camera. And Kate has capitulated to, what do you want? money and spencer almost kind of smiles at the camera well and she's just like no and then but turns back around just so you know i've you know i've got photos of this so uh, if you being nice to hannah as an act you better keep it up whatever quote unquote this is Mm -hmm. and so kate's like why are you giving me a break and spencer's just like look based on it's based on the wedding or whatever was going on the wedding you're not going to no need my else. help uh, showing how ugly you are. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Um, it's a wonderful scene. It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. scene. Well, and, and Spencer, just she owns the moment. Like There are these moments when she's at the like the height of her powers. Uh, she can handle Kate for breakfast, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. A, a gives her problems. Uh, Kate does not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, in case you were wondering, if, like, you hear like, a theory that like maybe Kate is A, banish it. Yeah. discard it it's worthless yeah um so then there's like a hannah and spencer movie night to kind of repair their relationship from the opening mm-hmm. which hannah and spencer that's a wonderful combination 
Yeah. Uh, and Hannah wants to watch The Notebook, even though Spencer, you get the feeling that Spencer's watched that like every night of the week, the past week. You know? <laughs> I love that she's just like, listen, I'm trying to wean myself off The Notebook mm-hmm. as if it's a literal drug. But then she's like, all right, fine, whatever. And Hannah's still stressing about Kate. And Spencer's like, look, you don't need to worry about Kate anymore. And Hannah describes Kate. She has this whole great kind of mini monologue where she describes Kate as uh, like one of those animals they learned about in bio that like pretends to be something else. And then it's a trap, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Spencer's like, no, no, that's not who she is. Uh, and she calls her a boil and baggy, which I feel like this is some weird term they made up because they can't say what they want to say on TV. Right. Um, boil and baggy. This is like a reference to her skin uh, because it, the Spence has this photo of Kate from camp where Kate, Kate is covered in bug bites. Uh, we don't get to see the photo. She's Spencer's just like, look, I'm going to show you this and you're going to shut up about Kate. You know, shows right. her the photo on the phone. And Hannah's like, holy shit, what is it all over her face? You know, so apparently, like, she just looked like horrible from some bug bites she got at camp. And, like, it was like, every, like, apparently it was like a big enough deal that Melissa took photos of it and gave them to Spencer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very fascinating, too, that there's times when, when we, season one, especially, we saw where Spencer and, uh, and Melissa were like separate entities. They were at war. They're in the same house. They're the same. But there's times with their one. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, though, Hannah is so worried about Kate. And Spencer's just like, her? MBD. Mm-hmm. And then the photo comes out. Yeah. But um, uh, Spencer, she's made a classic error here because she's. She's handed Hannah. Hannah her phone off. Yeah. And Hannah does that thing that you're not supposed to fucking do. She starts swiping. Swipe, yeah. swipe into other photos. And sure enough, she swipes to the photo of Allie's fake ID that, that Spencer has on her phone. Right. Right. And Hannah's like, what the fuck is this? Where'd you get it? And so Spencer has to admit that Caleb's still working on the, the videos with them. So Spencer, or, so, so Hannah is a full on like storm out. And she, she says at one point, like, don't even apologize to me, Spencer. And I want to, step in for spencer here because spencer is not going to apologize to her no she will um hannah is but she, hannah she feels like her she's way but like this particular moment no but hannah feels like she's been betrayed you know she's worried about getting backstabbed by kate and instead it was spencer who's you know plunged the knife in so right. she bounces and poor spencer's all alone again she starts crying in her house and this is where again like we said the in this particular episode which is an oddity i would feel like uh, Spencer and Hannah kind of meld together. So later, Hannah's at her home. Caleb goes to see her. And uh, Hannah's very upset about Caleb going behind her back. Well, she, immediately, she's just like, you know, it took you so long to earn my trust again the first time. Like, what right. the fuck's wrong with you? And right. Caleb leads off with, I didn't think you'd find out. And Hannah's like, wrong answer, bitch. Yeah. Well, he's like, no, no, no. I didn't think he'd find out till after. And she's like, what do you mean after? And he, he does a thing where he's like, look, I'm trying to protect you. You know, and she's like, I'm trying to protect you. You know, and it's kind of this nice thing where they're actually like, like really have each other's best interests at heart. And so there's this beautiful moment too where they're on, on Hannah's back porch and Hannah, and she tells him that her and Ashley had a rough year. No one knew because we were in the same clothes, we're driving the same car, we were totally broke. And Caleb's kind of like, well, LOL, 
I lived in the same fucking high school that I attended, and I ate out of the vending machine, and I may or may not have had like sell my blood and come for cash. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, it didn't look that broke to me. And Hannah's like, well, we almost lost a house. And so Hannah, she kind of, she tells someone she hasn't told anything. Uh, not even her friends. Yeah, that uh, Ashley got some money from the bank. That's how they kind of recovered from this. But uh, she didn't, she didn't borrow that money. She stole it. Yeah. Uh, and only she's only told Caleb about this. Even even the other liars don't know. And Caleb, he thanks her for trusting him. And Hannah says that somebody else knows though. You know, not her friend. Somebody else knows, and they're holding it over her. And that phone that you're working on, it's their phone. Well, what she doesn't do is she doesn't use ever use the the word, phrase, term, whatever. A. Yeah, but she's essentially at least told Caleb the idea of A. Which, there's there's somebody out there who has something on hand. Again, it's so fascinating. For whatever the term pair, the term paper, the theory, whatever, Caleb stands apart. So much from literally every other male on this show, right? Somewhat, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, so, he's like the Saeed of the show, you know. Exactly, he's a little, exactly. Little too competent. You've got to write him out at times because if you don't, if you keep him in full character at his full capacity, the show will be over, you know, well before your desired like like length. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caleb goes from this because he is a guy who who cares about Hannah. He cares about his girlfriend. He goes straight to Jenna's door. You know, whoever knows what time of night this is to knock on her door, and there's no answer. Yeah, Jenna's not there, so. He's getting ready to leave, and I want to point out he's got a fucking bike. Like Caleb, yeah, he's he's trying to be hard in this scene, but he does have a bike. So just as he's getting ready to leave, a uh, cop car swoops in, lights on. Yeah. Garrett uh-huh. Garrett gets out because presumably Garrett has just been like watching this house every chance he can get. <laughs> he's a fucking yeah. psycho. Uh, yeah. But Garrett's like all up in his shit. Like, what are you doing here? Why do you want to see Jenna and blah blah? And Caleb Caleb's like not backing down. He's just like. You know, why don't you tell Jenna to stop threatening Hannah and her friends? And uh, Garrett, Garrett sucks, but he does have one good line here. He says, uh, you better be a lot scarier than that if you want Jenna to take you seriously. Well, it's very interesting because, number one, Garrett swooping in literally immediately with the flashing red lights is hardcore LOL worthy. Um, he obviously, whatever you want to determine last week's episode, uh, that scene between Garrett and Caleb's like, Garrett obviously knows who Caleb is because, um, he says to Caleb, if you're trying to get your old job back as, you know, Jenna's hacker, it's been filled, which is interesting. Who's, mm-hmm. who's, who has supplanted, uh, Caleb as maybe, the hacker? maybe he thinks he's filled it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, so there's that thing. And again, like, like, Caleb is standing pretty strong. He's just got a bike. Mind, mind you, Garrett has got the full-on, the uh, the patriarchy symbol of the cop car. My but, nose... Well, Garrett's also, like, he's real twitchy here. His hands are twitching. He's kind of fingering his uh, his, his uh, magazines on the side of his belt, you know? Right, right. My notes just basically say here, and I apologize, obviously, Garrett has a little dick. Oh, Yeah. So Caleb's like, whatever. I'm gonna go now. I'm fucking yeah. creep. 
because um, right. clearly this isn't to do with any sort of police work here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and so he's he's getting ready to go, and Garrett gets back in the car, and then he does like this super dick move where he like res the engine and like screeches forward half a foot just yeah. to try to scare Caleb as yeah. Caleb's riding off. Like, yeah, what a fucking douche. Which just reminds you, Garrett has a little dick. But, um, but it should be pointed out here. This is fucking why Hannah didn't tell Caleb because she doesn't need him running around doing shit like this. No, but it, it also kind of it it the dichotomy of it all. It also kind of reinforces why Caleb is so much better than literally every other man on the show. Yes and no. They they he's not helping her, Hannah right no, now. No, he's not. But it's also at this particular moment he's not hurting her because I I think you, he, I think you could argue against that actually. He's he's sending up lots of signals that he's now part of the game. Uh, and he's making himself more of a target for A. He's true. He's not you're, being subtle at all. You're right. You're right. But who also, who is he contesting against? Guys like Garrett? Like, uh, Caleb wins. Well, that, that's because the again, problem, though, because he's thinking about it as how he's against Garrett and Jenna. He's not thinking about A. Like, he's, right. he's thinking too simplistically about it, which is why he's True, Hannah because he doesn't have all the knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Hannah's still at home. Obviously, Caleb's left her to go confront Jenna and Garrett. Um, Spencer shows up to Hannah's house to explain herself. Asks Hannah not to slam the door in her face. And so yeah. Hannah lets her in, but is not interested in any excuses right now. I don't recall this from my, my previous view of this show, but Hannah is looking amazing in this scene. 10 out of 10, wood bang. <laughs> so uh, Spencer... To, to take it to a sad note, Spencer says that uh, A is taking everything from her. Yeah. She can't lose Hannah too. She's crying. Uh, Hannah says that she hasn't, you know, hasn't lost her yet. Uh, and Spencer apologizes for being stupid because that, uh, you know, they they went behind her back and all they got was this fake ID picture and it hasn't gotten them anywhere. And right. Hannah's like, well, actually, I didn't say it earlier because I was so mad at you, but I have seen Allie with dark hair before. Cue the flashback. Right, flashback. Flashback to a hair salon where uh, there's like the tall, skinny, very effeminate, like stylist bro is like, Vivian, listen to me. It's fierce. Yes. Yeah, and we see Allie in the, uh, you know, the all the dark, like chestnut colored hair uh, mm-hmm. at this salon. She's going under the name Vivian Darkbloom. Well, this guy, first of all, this hairstylist. Uh, and granted, this is, this is a podcast about straight men talking about PLL. But this guy looks like that he literally flunked out of a rock band. He's got the stylist has got long hair and he's sporting the chin strap beard. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. I, I honestly I want to see like the spin-off about this guy as like yeah. the only gay man in Rosewood in a town yeah. full of like creepy like pervy guys, you know. Who who are who are effeminately pervy. Mm-hmm. But still, quote unquote, heterosexual. Yeah, yeah. So we find out that she's going under the name Vivian Darkbloom because he's like uh, Miss Darkbloom. Like, how would you like your coffee? Do you want sugar in it? And she says, "No, thanks. I don't like it sweet." <laughs> it's just a classic Allison line. Which it's not the first line. It's like the second line where Hannah's Hattie Hannah is like. This is a flashback. She's like, "Wait a minute." Is that fucking Allison who's sitting next to me? Yeah, literally yeah. right next to me. Hannah's there. Uh, Ashley made an appointment for her, and this is still when she's you know overweight. Hannah, so 
Mm-hmm. You, you kind of get the feeling Ashley's like trying to trying to boost her daughter's self esteem, send her to a nice salon, you know. And there's you know there's her friend Allie right next to her in a uh, crazy you know dark chestnut hair wig, and Allie's just like, hey, like I'm pretending to be someone else right now, so why don't you go ahead and play along? And Hannah's like, okay, like why? And Allie's like, cause I'm bored. I do it a lot. Yeah, yeah. She and she's know. and she does a great delivery here. She's like, you should try it sometimes. I mean, aren't you just sick and tired of being you? Well, and she says that in such a way where it's just like it, it's insulting. Like that's not necessarily an insulting thing to say, but she's obviously like Allison always makes sure that you catch both meanings. You know, it, it makes me like very as a man very uh, recognizant of like the gender specific things away, things away I talk where if you said it to me I'd be like that's a dick move because yeah aren't you just sick and tired of being you and so yeah so then on top of that because she's a stylist working on her as far as Hannah knows then Allison takes off what we've discovered is a wig it's not mm-hmm. like she's like dyed her hair or anything and and Hannah's just like more like what the fuck? You well, know? She, she takes off the, the, the wig, which is like a perfectly coith wig. She takes that off and shakes out her like amazing hair underneath it. And right, she, right. She still looks amazing, only now she's a blonde again. And it's like, it's like she's like the fucking Joker at this point. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and just from a production aspect, it's got to be so frustrating because all the liars, the four main liars, are all roughly in their 20s of different ages. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, Troy Belisario is much older. Uh, Lucy Hale is much younger. But, like, then again, uh, Sasha Peter Sarah is, like, young. She's, like, 14 or 15 at this she, point. She was probably 16, at least, when she filmed the scene. Right, and she is, like, just... I don't want to say she's out acting them, but she's not out acting them, but like she's so in such command well, of she, the Allison role. She gets like all the good stuff, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, she does. They, it's not, she doesn't get the scenes where she's just like complaining about her boyfriend or something. Like she just gets all the, the meatiest, like, you know, fun scenes where she gets to be like a vamp and, you know, like, uh, just a huge bitch. Right, right. And the girls, there's, Unfortunately, there's no scenes where the girls are tearing each other apart. You know, it's all about them seizing "quote unquote" power. Mm-hmm. So Hannah says she, you know, back to present day. She never mentioned it because she thought it was just typical Allie weirdness. You know, <laughs> like yeah. like that's just what Allie did. She was a fucking psychopath. So Spencer starts googling this term, Vivian Darkbloom, and she's shocked by the fact that there's three hundred thousand hits. Don't you feel like the the stylist bro would have gotten the reference? Like that that dude's probably read Lolita, right? I just don't know because again, at the same time, where I want to say I want to agree with you, but at the same time, Spencer literally says, "Wow, Vivian Darkbloom's got three hundred thousand hits," and 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 Hannah's like, "Is that good or bad?" Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I do wonder why they didn't have Al, uh, Spencer already know who Vivian Darkloom is, but or why Hannah doesn't understand why Google works or how Google works. That three hundred thousand hits does not narrow shit down. Yeah, but pro tip: that is a great way to hide who you are if you uh, are using an alias of someone uh, who would get a ton of Google hits. You would be very hard to find. Right, but, right. Yeah. Um, so, so Vivian Darkloom is a pseudonym for Vladimir Nabokov which is an anagram of his name, which yeah. this show has waited 
this many episodes to hit you with a hardcore Lolita reference. Hey, I think this is actually the book I want to read next is Lolita. I've been wanting to for a long time. Uh, I think I think I will. Uh, yeah, so it's a Lolita reference, obviously. Vivian Darkloon's a character in Lolita. And Hannah's like, oh, I know that book. And, of course, Spencer's just like, really? You well, know? so Hannah says, is that the book with the heart-shaped glasses on the cover? And Spencer's like, yeah. How the fuck did you know that? Which I want to say real quick. I don't think, and I could be wrong. I haven't researched this. I want to say that obviously the heart-shaped glasses is such a uh, uh, Kubrick movie reference. I don't believe there was ever a book that uh, mm-hmm. used the heart-shaped glasses. But anyways, Hannah well, has They may have done book. reprints. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Hannah has the book only because she saw Allison reading it, and she stole the book from Allison because she wanted to understand it. Yeah, just because Allie had it all the time. So. And she hands the book to Spencer, who Spencer is a genius, because Spencer's amazing. Well, why we love Spencer is this moment where she takes the book from, from um, Hannah, and I think Hannah's even amazed. So the first thing Spencer does is she flips through the book. And she finds a claim ticket in there for dry cleaners. What? And I think Hannah's just like, holy shit, I've literally had that, pos- that book in my possession for years. And well, you've just found a clue. I think it, it was actually like the bookmark. Um, right. Okay. It was just you know, wedged in there. Yeah. But, but I mean, it meant Spencer is the one Hannah. who, yeah, Spencer actually looks at it. It's a, it's a claim ticket for dry cleaners. So when she gets a chance the next day, Spencer calls the cleaners and is like, Hey, sorry, I just found this. It's been a while. You still have, uh, you know, my, my item on this claim ticket. And the dude on the phone's like, Oh, yeah, it looks like we do, Miss Darkloom. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. We do. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. And so um, this is a, a claim ticket for Vivian Darkloom. You know, this is whatever Allison was doing at the dry cleaners. It was under the pseudonym. And it, it's so perfect to Allison, Allison DeLaurentis, who would operate, like, her name is a fairly normal name. Her, her nom de plume, her nom de gur is Vivian Darkbloom, which could not <laughs> say more made up. So we can get the A tag. Uh, not quite. I think there's one more thing here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. In the hallways at school, Noel Khan walks up being his douchey <gasps> self and is like, hey, Hannah, you made my day. And Emily w- runs up. She's like, what the hell are you thinking? And Spencer and Arya are like, Jesus Christ, Hannah, I thought you were going to be cool about this Kate thing. And Hannah's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Right. And right. so Emily's just like, you just sent me this. Uh, and so it shows a phone and it's like a message from Hannah with like a picture attached. And so she looks at the picture and it's of Kate naked in the locker room and with her, her thumb, you know, strategically placed, uh, you know, over the chest area, obviously, because right. it's ABC family. Uh, and she's like, you didn't just send this to me. You sent it to everyone on your contacts list. So, like, yeah. everyone in the hallway is, like, looking over and just being like, huh. Well, they're they're giving the liars this kind of just, like, uh, villainous, disapproving look. Well, we already know the liars have a terrible reputation. Exactly, so. exactly. So the idea that, like, Hannah would do this to her hated stepsister is like, yeah, that checks out. Well, it's it's so fascinating because Hannah's the one who's actually feeling the, the burn. She's feeling mortified by this. Mm-hmm. But the four girls are so paced, like, they're blocked together. As every every male figure stares at them disapprovingly in the high well, school. Well, and it's like uh, obviously Hannah didn't send this, but they've got a pretty good idea who did. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know they know how this story goes. Yeah. So yeah, then we get the A tag. Uh, it's Peter Hastings' desk. 
the camera pans office, across his, his, his office desk. in the Hastings home. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot to check what was on his degree and where he went. But yeah, we see his degree. Well, uh, there's a there's a, some kind of award from the the Rosewood City Council. Mm-hmm. Which and, is interesting. And A, of course, is breaking into the desk, uh, pulls out the the center drawer all the way, and there's a gun in there, which A takes. So now A is strapped with Peter uh-huh. Hastings' gun. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vivian Darkvale. So let me take a quick look at our wiki here. Next up, we have the Naked Truth. Ooh. And as far as trivia stuff goes, not a whole lot. I mean, there's a lot that could be read into the Vivian Darkvale Lolita stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like we'll save that till we get deeper into the the mystery of who is Allison, though. Yeah. So a couple of people get kissed in this episode, but none of them die. Like, kiss before dying type of thing. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, Maya does not die in this episode. <sighs> Unfortunately. Well, it just, you know, that just cements the idea that maybe Emily only likes, like, crazy fucked up chicks. Like, she's she didn't fight too hard for Samara there at all. Exactly. And exactly. Samara is, like, the best girlfriend she had. Exactly. And so that's about it. Next time we're back, we'll be talking about S2E19, The Naked Truth. Uh Uh-huh. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.